All right. Welcome, everybody, to Sports Biz Pod. Today is Friday, June 26, 2020, or 2020. And this is the Sports Biz Rundown, where each week we recap the week and top sports biz news stories, events going on, career openings, and try to help you to stay up to date. And as we've seen this week, it's been very interesting with uh, game plans for sports to come back, sports investments, um, different struggles around social injustice, but it's been a week that it's been pretty optimistic. And for this week's rundown, I've brought on a special guest that kind of helped dissect what's going on. So I brought on Blake Witten, who is an associate at Eon XI. He's helped scale multiple startups in the past, very entrepreneurial and moving to New York soon. But Blake, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So kind of give you a quick overview, but, um, you know, if you want to give a kind of quick high level, like what you're doing right now with Eon XI and kind of w- w- what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So Eon XI um, is a venture fund and startup studio. So on our venture side, we have a $25 million fund, um, which will, you know, we're investing into pre-seed, seed and series A companies really focused uh, in the fan engagement sector. Uh, on top of, you know, esports, gaming, sports betting, and just consumer altogether. Um, and what's really unique about us is, um, you know, our network is, is full of influencers. So really our value add to these startups is to bring on an influencer to these companies and help, you know, grow their, their product, their service to, you know, our influencers, fans, and followers. Um, and so, you know, we think it's uh, just a really cool model in, in the way that um, that's kind of where VC is moving. Uh, and so behind that movement is Spencer Dinwiddie, um, who is an NBA player on the Brooklyn Nets, who um, is super innovative in his own right. Um, so really, you know, we're really excited to, to work together and in, in all these different collaborations, as well as, you know, some other people in our network. So yeah, that, that's a, a high level of, of Eon. That's amazing. Yeah, we got some exciting announcements that I'll, I'll share soon, but we're going to be some synergies between uh, what I've been doing with Sports Biz Group and into this. So um, stay tuned for that. But let's jump right into it with some of the um, top sports biz news stories that happened this week. So um, kind of mentioned a lot of movement going on, but kind of headlining is LeBron James getting $100 million to build a media empire with his longtime business partner, Maverick Carter. And they've started this company with a very unapologetic agenda where they've started this formed company called Spring Hill Co., which was named after, I believe, the apartment buildings that um, LeBron James grew up in in Akron, Ohio. So um, this is headlining news, um, big money that's getting thrown into this. And they've been very interesting and innovative with what they've built with Uninterrupted. But something like this, what, what are your initial thoughts on that, Blake? Yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense, right? LeBron, you know, has hundreds of millions of followers and being able to leverage this platform to help out these content creators and really distribute it to just all, all sorts of people. Um, and so I think it's really cool what he's doing. It's super innovative and it's kind of where the world is moving, right? We, we saw Tom, uh, Tom Brady do the same thing. Um, you saw Kobe also had something similar to this too. So, I mean, it's really where the, the world is moving in the sense of influencers having this platform and also the capital um, to kind of have this sort of leverage and this sort of platform to share, you know, these types of projects. So really, really cool what he's doing. Yeah. And, and what's really interesting about this is just how diverse their team is in the, the how they're, you know, looking forward with a lot of these traditional news uh, stations and TV networks. It's very not diverse. And, and there's a, mm-hmm. an agenda that they're really pushing that's kind of constrained and manipulated, but this they're operating independently. They're starting off strong with a diverse base. And then now they can really push a stronger narrative, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with everything like just LeBron stands for. 
Um, I think it's really powerful to just put his name behind all these different projects. And like you mentioned, um, especially being able to represent the people that just aren't being represented right now um, and giving them this platform um, to do so, I think is, is really cool. And like I said, I think we'll really set the, set the tone for where the world is moving. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it will be interesting to see, obviously they're innovative. So it's like, how are they going to innovate with brand and advertisements? So how are they going to innovate with like mm -hmm. growing other people's brands? And, you know, there, there's just a lot of interesting ways to kind of follow suit. So I'm um, looking forward to kind of seeing how this, this kind of plays out, but this happened a few days ago. So yeah. yeah anything I, else to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. I mean, there's like that famous saying, right. That content, content is King, but distribution is God. And they're going to have both of those things, right? And so they have a platform now, not only um, to allow these creators to, to share their brand and their stories, but they're also going to allow, um, from a joint venture perspective, for these brands to get in on the action, right? And put their name next to LeBron and next to these, these initiatives. So um, they're really tapped into both of those things, which, which, which I think will be really, really powerful. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Content is king and, and uh, distribution is God. And they, yeah. or they have kind of both, they have the king and uh, they have, you know, God-like. Uh, Literally, behind yeah. It so, that's right. Um, yeah, move, moving on to another news story with um, Amazon, who just purchased the Key Arena naming rights, which is going to be NHL's Seattle um, hockey team. Um, they're also going to host the uh, WNBA Storm. Um, but instead of naming it Amazon Arena, um, they're naming it uh, Climate Pledge Arena. So uh, this is kind of an interesting approach. I don't know if we have the exact figures, but it has to be within the hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. over 20 to 30 years, potentially. Um, so it looks like the renewal uh, will be 100% powered by renewable electricity, um, trying to achieve a zero carbon footprint. Um, previously, Amazon has kind of taken some heat about uh, their, you know, effect on all of their warehouses on the climate change. So, you know, this could be a PR move for them, but they could actually have a really good intent behind it. But, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, it's actually really interesting. So back in college, we actually, I was in a consulting class and the, the whole project was um, we were quote unquote on Amazon's team and we had to pitch a county to bring a fulfillment center um, to that county. And I actually learned a ton about their just sustainability arm and by itself, it could be just a huge conglomerate just because the amount of resources that is behind it. But it's actually really interesting how intentional they're being about this. So anytime they put a fulfillment center in a new city, um, it's actually, they have a contract that says, but by 2030, it'll be completely renewable uh, electricity, right? So it, it's really actually cool what they're doing. And even in terms of these landfills, right? They're sending out millions of packages a day. Um, they've really made a conservative effort um, to make sure that these packages are renewable and they're not just loading up um, landfills, right? And just causing a ton of pollution. So um, I'm all in on what Amazon is saying. I think initially, right, it's a big PR thing. But if you look at actually what they're specifically doing, um, they're actually putting action behind what they're saying, which says a lot. And, and I'm all in for, um, again, this renewable movement, renewable energy movement, and just being really conscious of, of what we're putting into our earth. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's something that, you know, you see his competitor where he's got Blue Origin, but you got SpaceX. They're trying to send us to, to Mars in case we, you know, burn mm -hmm. up our, our Earth. Hopefully we yeah. don't see that and hopefully we can fix that. But um, yeah, from, from this standpoint too, it's like, you know, Seattle's a great market for hockey. Um, and as well as like Jeff Bezos, he's so wealthy. You could probably buy every single N NFL team. I think there, there's something about that yeah. where, he, he definitely has a lot of money to go around. So it's good to see him putting this to the sustainability and maybe that sets the kind of a precedent for, um, 
you know, how other arenas have to be built. Not necessarily they try to, it has to be, you know, zero admission. Yeah, absolutely. And they like, yeah, like you said, they, they have the capital to do it. And so it's good to see that they're kind of one of these first movers in terms of really big enterprises moving towards this type of initiative. So yeah, really good to see out of their end and definitely putting action behind what they're saying, which is, which is awesome. It also just says a lot, especially that they don't, you know, you know, they, people fork up a lot of money to get their name on it. They, their name is the, you know, number one and their brand yeah. equity is that big that they don't even care to put their own name on it. So, so uh, that just kind of puts into a scale, but moving on to kind of a next article with some really good news coming out with the uh, major league baseball and MLBPA uh, informed the league this Tuesday that they'll comply with Rob, um, Commissioner Rob Manfred's um, 60 game 22 season. So 60 game in the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Um, and players are set to report another spring training on July 1st. The regular season will start either July 23rd or 24th. So baseball is coming back. Um, mm-hmm. It's good to see that there was a lot of um, not heading in the right direction and taking pay cuts and there's still some logistics to work out, but it looks like there's going to be a season. So I, I don't know if you're a big baseball fan, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, for, for as long as this has been going on, MLB has been doing it like wrong completely right They're They're third or fourth, just in between, you know, a sport being watched and they're kind of losing a lot of these newer fans, right? We want, we want instant gratification. We don't have time to wait a minute between pitches and all that. So they had a really cool opportunity um, to put sports in front of our face when nothing else, when we couldn't watch anything else. So um, it was, you know, good to see they got this done because I think there was so much pressure to get it done. What will be really interesting, though, is, you know, 100% chance they're going to start the season, but I don't know what the likelihood is that they'll actually finish the season. Um, I'm curious what their kind of plans are going to be once, once you have a few players actually getting um, tested positive for the coronavirus and then how that affects your overall roster, right? I heard a a good clip the other day on Twitter that was just basically saying, you know, what happens when like the Phillies, for example, you have 10 guys that test positive, right? Um, and you lose that really core of that team, that identity. So then how do people look back on the 2020 season and say, well, how does that really count if, you know, let's say on every team, three of the three of their best players are, are out for two to however many weeks because of this. So it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, I'm, I'm all in on starting the season. It'll just be interesting to see how they, move throughout this process and actually deal once they have people testing positive. Yeah. And um, two good points. I think maybe it, it, it's good for the game of baseball. It picks up the pace of play. They have 60 mm-hmm. games. It's more of a sprint and yeah. the games mean a lot more. So maybe they're a little bit more quicker and attentive. Uh, but to the other point of like, there's some other new rules they can't spit. Um, and baseball players are notorious for chewing seeds, mm-hmm. spitting and just being kind of in that type of uh, personality. Um, then also coaches can't come in within six feet of umpires. So say they're mad about a call, they can't get up in their face and start yelling at them. So uh, baseball players like really see if they're actually going to be able to, how strict they can do that. Cause when athletes are kind of in their element, they're not listening about, you can't spit like they don't care. Right. They're, they're 100%. doing what they are. They're focused on the game. So um, we'll see, maybe there's some good things, but it's also it, it maybe an unfair advantage of, you know, someone is going to get COVID. It's almost a hundred percent chance. Um, yeah. But it's just how, what's the protocol? Do they have to quarantine? Is that really going to impact the roster? Um, mm-hmm. And that's some, you know, a different element. Um, good segue to, to another article with the PJ tour where how they've been able to keep on top of it is that each player and personnel gets um, a, a smart uh, wearable with a whoop and it, 
shows if their uh, blood pressure or not their blood pressure, but their temperature um, is kind of in a, in a zone that maybe would be uh, comparable to having COVID and then they're able to pull it, pull them from that, um, you know, that, that, uh, that, that competition. So we've had Justin Thomas says um, maybe have potentially saved the tour. So this is isolating who has COVID and then immediately taking them out of play um, until that further people get it, but it's pretty innovative. Um, yeah. I know you're a golf fan, but what, uh, what's, um, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it makes sense. I think it's cool. You know, we have the technology to do it, so why not do it? I saw something similar with the NBA. I think they're using rings. Um, but but I hope this scales, right? You know, I, I saw this with um, the NBA first, and there was obviously a ton of backlash because we should be doing the same thing for, for teachers and, and just various people in the workforce. Um, so it makes sense. And in terms of um, how people are responding to it. I actually just saw like Brooks Kepka bowed out of this week's tournament because I think Ricky Fowler tested positive or, or one of the major golfers tested positive. So it'll be like really interesting to see, um, you know, how people like re react and respond to, to just the overall outcomes of, of what the virus will, um, you know, will do, you know, that, I guess that, yeah, that, that's my thoughts. Yeah. It's tough to say. And, you know, it's still kind of putting an asterisk on it. It's like, all right, if you win the masters, the PGA championship and Tiger Woods or, you know, Brooks Koepka aren't in there, then, mm -hmm. then how important or how much weight does it hold? But, you know, I, I think we just don't have enough information about how deadly really this, this uh, virus is, you know, if everyone, it's kind of a natural progression that everyone will eventually get it in some capacity, it has to go through it, or we have to find a, um, you know, a vaccine, um, there's still just a lot in the air, but fortunately we haven't seen anybody like a current athlete, um, pass away or have any severe health ramifications. So we still just need to keep educating and finding how do we kind of get past this, um, kind of move, moving on to another article, um, with, with FIFA, um, they definitely have a lot of money under, under their uh, management, but they announced Thursday that they have agreed a $1.5 billion relief plan to help impact the COVID-19 pandemic on the global game. Um, FIFA's plan means world soccer, uh, soccer governing body will dip into its reserve to provide national federations with a number of grants and interest-free loans to cope with budget hits. So, um, you know, big news. It's definitely a lot of money. Um, FIFA, it's kind of a interesting organization. They've kind of been notoriously corrupt in a way and yeah. kind of shows you how much money they really do have that, yeah. that maybe they should have already been giving back that, to you know the actual host cities that a lot of times lose out on on hosting right. the world cup so yeah um you know there, there's kind of tough to really analyze or where exactly it's going but it's a lot of money they're they're pumping back with zero interest so yeah no i agree this. yeah i agree i think like just the fifa brand right it is the first thing you think of is is that corruption um and also what cities lose out on when they when they um you know host the cup but in terms of like the current climate uh I'm never going to disagree with someone giving money to, to help other people. Right. So like in that sense, I, I totally agree and like what they're doing. Um, it, it's interesting coming from, from them, just given their, their current history, especially the way consumers kind of view them. Um, but, it, but it's good to see they're putting money where their mouth is and where a lot of companies, you know, mouths are. So it's, it's just good to see they're backing that up. Um, and yeah. I'll be curious kind of how that plays out um, and, and really what their standards are and how many people they get to help. Yeah. And, you know, it, it does show you how much money they really have to kind of to put out and, and you know, it, it questions you, but it's good to see that they are somewhat helping in a way. Um, it is still a lot of money. Um, 
kind of another financial news with uh, Nike's investor call to, to wrap up their Q4. Um, their CEO and EVP and CFO say that the um, that their, their quarter, 90% of global owned stores were closed roughly eight weeks, leading um, to year over year sales decline of 38%. However, the direct consumer business, such as online uh, digital sales grew 79%. And there was a 30% total revenue um, a goal that was initially set for 2023. So this is kind of like a weird way, you know, to kind of judge companies. A lot of them, um, actually stores were looted. I'm, I'm assuming mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, um, especially from just New York city to Soho, um, storefront, like, you know, there, there could have been a hit on that, but definitely it looks like they're have a strong digital direct to consumer. So, you know, not really sure exactly. It's kind of tough for all retail businesses, but this is kind of interesting news. What do you think on this? Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, I think that's, this is where retail is moving. I don't think retail will ever go away, but it's definitely not surprising that it's impacted their business the way it has. Um, but on top of that, just the direct to consumer model and just e-commerce in general has become really, really um, easy for consumers to utilize, um, you know, just through us all having phones in front of us 24 seven, as well as a lot of like these different apps that allow us to get shoes at, at a discount for various reasons as well. Yeah. So um, Nike by all means will not be the one that suffers from like COVID. It's going to be, you know, more of the, the mom and shop small businesses that do rely on retail. They rely on traffic. They, you know, they rely on people being in their city, seeing their storefront. So um, I think yeah. you're going to see just a, a big shift into e-commerce, which is why like Shopify, for example, has gone up so much throughout this COVID because you have so many more people building out stores online. So um, not surprised to see. Um, and, and I think just the way that consumers buy is definitely going to change after COVID um, just, just from, you know, our behaviors. Yeah. And even how we interact with the brand too, with like zoom workout classes rather than in person, you know, Nike, maybe sponsored workout classes. So it's like, once it gets back and people are more in person together, we'll see how maybe that transfers that innovation of, Hey, direct to consumer, but still provide that kind of experience in the actual you know storefront. So um, yeah, that wraps up uh, the six top sports business news stories. Really interesting headlines. This has probably been out of the past few weeks. Some of the, in my opinion, optimistic um, and exciting news that, that came out. Um, and um, kind of segue into the, the last few segments with the Sports Biz Pod. We released this episode on Friday. Um, then we have a lot of interviews coming up with professional athletes, collegiate coaches, um, CEOs of uh, sports um, enterprises and, and companies. So just stay tuned for that. Um, and then recapping some sports biz events, we've um, built this very comprehensive calendar that just um, previous to COVID, we had we were really on par with keeping that up to date of what events to go to, whether they're networking events or major sporting events, but obviously cancellations, all that kind of screwed it up. So we've actually started to get back onto the calendar and uh, we'll quickly kind of go through really quickly about some of these events coming up that uh, when you should expect them. So MLS expect to return July 8th, MLB, as we stated earlier, July 24th, the NBA is going to return July 30th, uh, World Tennis Association, August 3rd return, uh, PJ Championship was rescheduled to August 6th through 9th, the Champions League supposed to be August 12th to 23rd is rescheduled, FedEx Cup playoffs August 13th to September 7th, um, which has been rescheduled. And then Indy 500, August 23rd, uh, Kentucky Derby, September 5th. Um, 
college football uh, week one has not set to change. They haven't really made any announcements yet about if that season's happening as planned. Same thing with NFL opening games supposed to happen on September 10th. Really no changes or announcements about are fans allowed or what's the protocol. Uh, Preakness Stakes supposed to happen on October 3rd. And then uh, Masters Golf Tournament, November 12th to 15th. Um, so that will be interesting to see how the you know, Masters, you know, playing in, in kind of winter time. So, um, you know, those are some of the events. And hopefully once, you know, some more in-person events are starting to kind of pick back up, we either are part of organizing them or, or distributing what's going on. Um, and then the last segment, we have the sports biz career. So we found top six sports biz um, job openings, starting with points bet looking for digital marketing coordinator Charlotte Hornets looking for a ticket sales um, intern this fall front office sports hiring a account executive um, for mid mid-level jobs NFLs looking for a senior manager of game operations uh, team whistle whistle sports looking for director of brand partnerships and then fan duels looking for a casino commercial director so that kind of wraps up everything with um, Sports Biz News, which we had Blake uh, had some really good commentary on that, Sports Biz Pod, Sports Biz Events, and then Sports Biz Careers. But um, that kind of wraps it all up. And Blake, I, you know, I appreciate you coming on and maybe anything um, to kind of leave the listeners with, um, you know, about what you're excited about coming up forward or, or kind of just uh, maybe how to get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, thanks for, thanks for having me, Nick. This is a lot of fun. Um, in terms of me, how to get in touch with us, um, we're at eonxi.com. So that's E-O-N-X-I.com. And then if you want to reach out to me, uh, it's just Blake at eonxi.com. Um, yeah, really excited to, to learn more about what you guys are working on. Um, if you want to, you know, feel free to find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of, you know, kind of what I'm excited about, just sports getting back to normal, right? Um, what we do in our space is all around fan engagement. Um, so that's really, you know, where, where we sit. So it's been really cool to see esports take off um, and kind of how that's going to, you know, maintain in a, in a new, um, in a new environment, especially when sports come back. So um, really excited for all that and very curious to see how, you know, we respond to, to COVID in that sense. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll leave that there. Cool. Yeah. Blake, thanks again for, for coming on the show and um, great insight. And um, thanks for everyone for listening. Hope you have a good weekend and we'll, we'll see you next week. Yeah. See you guys.